A reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we continue to walk through ordinary time in the church calendar, we have a special guest joining us. Kyle Lee and his family live in Oklahoma City where he is an elementary school teacher. Kyle is a dear friend of mine and in many ways we have been learning about the church calendar and ancient church practices together. Today we will hear how Kyle's faith journey has shifted his landscape over the last few years, what practices and habits he has added to his life, and more. so much for taking time to be on this road. Uh, How's it going, man? It is great. It is the greatest honor and privilege of my life to be on this podcast. I feel like you may may be exaggerating a little bit, but I I will say, I don't think I've told you this, you you are the first guest ever on this podcast. Take that, Aaron Equest. (laughs) That's right. Um, I thought he may have been a little bit out of our league um, to ask him (laughs) to be the first guest. But um, no, seriously, Kyle, uh, I do appreciate it. And really, um, you know, it's ordinary time in the church calendar. And this this year, we've just been week by week going through the church calendar with uh, the readings that that fall on uh, every Sunday and a a prayer accordingly and things like that. But um, I thought during ordinary time, it would be a perfect time to maybe bring on a few guests to just talk about their faith journey and specifically how the Christian calendar um, has helped form their faith and 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 form that journey of of their walk with Christ. And um, I've I've had just a couple listeners, you know, ask me about how I got in interested in the Christian calendar and and kind of following it. So I thought, hey, let's talk to other people about it. And so um, Kyle, I guess you know, first of all. Um, what maybe briefly what's what's your faith journey been like we go back uh, a ways but um i'm not sure many of our listeners uh know your story yeah well i mean grew up in oklahoma right in the right here in the middle of the bible belt so i grew up in a charismatic evangelical church background um you know accepted jesus when i was 3 years old Grandpa was my kid's pastor, mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stories of traveling with him. Um, he was a evangelist, a kid's evangelist, you know, traveling around with him, him doing magic shows, dressed up like a clown, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And so, <laughs> I mean, I was just, I was 100% like born into, born into it. Um, yeah. There was never a time in my memory that I don't like that church wasn't part of it, that I, even in my memory of, I wouldn't have considered myself a Christian, you know, never a time in my memory of that being the case. And so, and it wasn't really allowed to not be a Christian. Hmm. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) it was, um, which, like I said, I'm very thankful for 
that aspect of it, you know, my parents made it a big point to, they taught me, they taught me that, Hey, put God first and everything. And so at the most basic point, that's been my faith journey, trying to put God first and everything. And along the way, you know, sometimes that looks, sometimes you miss the mark when trying to put God first, um, instead of just like rejecting God, you're like, well, I'm putting God first, but no, you're not. Look what you're doing. (laughs) Anyways. I could, we could go down tons of rabbit trails with that, but um, that led me, um, you know, I led worship for my youth group growing up. I uh, led worship for our college group after that, and then I got hired as worship pastor um, not too long after college and did that for several years, um, then kind of felt like God was taking me somewhere else and didn't know quite where, but I just went ahead and ripped the bandaid off and quit my job as a pastor altogether. And here I am a third grade teacher now. (laughs) And so that's, and I say, I mean, third grade teacher, you know, would fall into the category of secular job. Yeah. But for me, I feel like it very much is a part of my faith journey. Um, just the whole career change and everything is part of, it wouldn't have happened had God not been stirring something up inside of me that there was something I was missing. Yeah. So is that what it, you know, I mean, for some people who may, you know, they may see that, man, like all of your career moves have seemingly been in the church and then suddenly you just shift gears and you mentioned the secular job. Um, You know, was it, was it like a, I don't know if I want to use the word crisis or anything like that, or was it just, you feel like God was moving you in a direction? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's for me. It definitely was. I would say more of a crisis than a gentle. I there. I mean, there was gentleness in it. It wasn't like abrupt. Mm-hmm. It was over. I say crisis because it was the matter of a couple of years of me being more stressed than I've ever been, um, more anxious, um, feeling little physically like I was. Oh well, I'm just. I'm gonna die. Wow. You know. Um, all in the name of ministry, all in the name of doing what I thought was best. And um, also back further than that, working towards something my whole life, like it was very important for me to get a job at a church. Like that's the pinnacle, right? Of, of someone who has really made it in the faith, right? Um, at least that was my view. Like, well, if I could just work for a church, then not only would it make it a whole lot easier to be a Christian, but also like then you know like i would i would become more godly and i would be all these things mm-hmm. and and not that that's not a possibility for i that's not what was happening for me i was i took a passive approach of like oh well those things are just going to happen like in the peripheral as i'm working hard on all these tasks mm-hmm. and all these things and so um honestly neglecting probably like 100% not probably neglecting the deeper spiritual side of things because I was, there just wasn't enough oomph left in me to, to do all that. Um, you know, start like raising a family and all this was all getting put on the back burner in the name of ministry. Yeah. And so that just kind of led to, that just kind of led to a boiling point after a couple of years and, until an opportunity came up and I was able to kind of ease on out of it. 
And so what, um, so during that time, uh, that's been, uh, what, two years ago now, a little more than, yeah. Um, yeah, a little more, two and a half years. Yeah. So kind of, you know, you mentioning the things you noticed were lacking in your spiritual life as you were pursuing spiritual things, you know, in, in the church. Um, what's changed for you or how have you seen a change um, since you've, you've, you've shifted um, to this role as a teacher? I think for me, um, and we've talked about this a ton, I'm an all or nothing type of guy. <laughs> Just my personality, yeah. my and everything, like all and all of my habits and all of, you know, you can name anything and I'm all or nothing, all in or no, that is stupid, I hate it type of thing. Yeah. And um, I realized once, you know, church was no longer my job. Well, it was <laughs> just a second. Sorry. Um, I, I realized that when well, it was kind of unique because the pandemic had happened mm-hmm. three weeks after I started teaching. <laughs> so I started at the, towards the end of a school year. I had got hired at a school and then three weeks and three weeks went by. We had spring break. We never went back. Yeah. And so not only was I not working at a church, we weren't attending a church because of all the pandemic stuff. Yeah. And I think, and with my background, I was not super into uh, online church. <laughs> I was not super into just watching the same things that I used to be in charge of helping create and mm-hmm. produce. And um, and that could have been pretty cynical of me looking back at that. But that I, I look back at it as a blessing because it helped me re- like, oh, I'm going to have to get serious about my faith or knowing my personality, knowing I'm all or nothing, like it will be nothing. Yeah. Like, and so, and I was thankful for the opportunity because like, what does, there was nothing else that could get in the way church wise. Like I didn't have a job at a church that I could pass off to other people. It's like, well, I'm doing the Lord's work. You know, I didn't have any job at the moment. I mean, school was out. I mean, <laughs> there was nothing going on. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> how, like, what are you doing now to be a Christ follower? And so it helped me really buckle down and get serious and dive into, you know, find um, different teachings, you know, get into the word and something I'm horrible at, like reading my Bible. I'm horrible at it. Always was. And I think I could blame, you know, my upbringing. It wasn't as emphasized, you know, mm-hmm. reading your Bible was not as emphasized as other things. But that's, I mean, that's a cop out when you're, that was when you're a grown adult, that's a cop out. (laughs) And so, but I never, I had never established those habits and, um, I could quote every episode of Parks and Rec, but I still not, I hardly quote any scripture word for word for you. And so it's like, I'm going to get serious about that. I'm going to get serious about some of the diving in some of these things that I just feel like really rubbed me the wrong way in regards to how our services were going and what, the American church was and still does find themselves in. And that's just kind of been the journey since then. And so instead of just like taking a break, which was kind of what I was excited to do, like I'm going to start teaching. We'll find a church to just attend Mm -hmm. on Sundays and, you know, like slowly ease back into it. 
it's like, well, I don't know if that's going to be the case and it's time. Let's, let's buckle up, you know? And so try to find a lot of healing in that. Cause last thing I'm also cynical and, uh, easy to, I don't know if I, I mean, you know me, like I can, I, I can point out the negative in a split second yeah. rather than having to come back and like, well, what, what, I mean, I don't want to, you know, you know, like I am just like, wow, this is dumb. Like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's stupid. And there was some bitterness that I hadn't dealt with, um, that, you know, I just had to, had to give to the gift to God and I don't know, I'm still working all through that, but that's a long rambly way of saying <laughs> it was, uh, it was a crisis. I felt like yeah, it was it was definitely a crisis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at some point in our in our own faith journeys, there's always those moments of like, uh, you know, for some, I think it's questioning everything. For others, it's wondering, you know, um, what the next step is and, and all. I think we all go through those. Um, but uh, as you journey through this, I know just from our conversations, um, even before you shifted um into this the this new role and everything, um, you had you had started learning about like the church calendar and the the formation of the early church and things like that. And um, at its root, that's what this podcast is all about. I was just like, let's do a weekly, just you know, normally super short. Today's going to be an exception, but um, you know, just uh, you know, follow the church calendar, go through the seasons and things like that. And um, for you, you know, I guess first of all, how did you find yourself like? Um, even realizing, you know, you, I know you grew up, you mentioned that evangelical charismatic background, uh, church calendar is not always a, a primary, uh, source of, um, information in those, in those denominations or those fellowships. But so for you, how did you come across a church calendar? How did you, you know, kind of get interested in it? Yeah. Uh, that's an understatement. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I thought anything that had to do with, if you were to say church calendar to me, I would have thought like something that's in your bulletin, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. we hung on our fr- <laughs> that we hung on our fridge growing up. Yeah. That had all the different like members birthdays and stuff like that. Um I that our I already shouted him out once, Aaron Nequest, <laughs> his book The Eternal Current, that is really what got me uh just opened my eyes to the the fact that like oh there's what I would have you know, back then would have been like real Christians. There's real Christians that aren't doing church the way I'm doing it. Yeah. And they're still real Christians. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to a, a modern contemporary service. And I was just, you know, I think I was just so close minded and not even intentionally, just everything needs to be as contemporary as possible so that we can reach the most contemporary like way. And, um, like trying to make it the most efficient as possible, like in my church work. And so I was just like, well, I thought of liturgy. I thought of tradition and all those things as simply Catholic. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I'm being honest, like it was only Catholic. I didn't, I didn't know anything about any of the uh, mainline Protestant denominations. I didn't know anything about, I mean, outside of Augustine, like I'd never even heard of any of like the early church fathers. It was just like, it was just, it was old and it was outdated and it was tradition and it was legalistic. And I listened, um, I listened to Aaron Equist's book in two days. 
um, the Eternal Current one day when we were, or two days when we were setting up for a new sermon series. Um, and it was just, it really just rocked my world. Um, in just regards to, you know, cause he opens up in that first chapter, uh, talking about he was a worship leader and he got, he, one day he realized he stood up there and he, uh, just didn't believe in what he was doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't believe in God or anything like that. And cause I think that's, that's a good to distinguish between those two. I, I wasn't having like a crisis of faith in, in regards to like, I don't think God's real. Yeah. I don't think, and not that I have to justify it for people listening. Cause it's not like that. I don't want, I don't care if people think that I was, but that, that just wasn't, that's super popular right now um, in our culture yeah. to deconstruct, yeah. deconstruct, deconstruct. And I hate, hate that term. I hate that <laughs> word. And, uh, it's like, I mean, I feel like it's just a trend, you know? Yeah. And that wasn't what I was doing. I, I, I wanted more of God. Yep. I wanted more of the life to the full. I wanted more of the, Hey, are you tired and weary? Come and I will give you rest. I wanted more of that rest that was not present in my life. And I wanted less, you know, Caleb platitudes and more of like, real communion with God. Yeah. And, um, which, yeah. And so reading eternal current that kind of opened me up to it. And then I just kind of started to try to find some practices that I could introduce into my everyday life that would lead me down that path and just kind of grow from there. Well, uh, that, I mean, that's, uh, a good book to find if you're, (laughs) If you're at all interested in, you know, the early church and kind of practices that um, the the our, our early church fathers were doing, you know, well in advance to today, I think, you know, the the point you made about you were maybe in a place where um, everything contemporary, everything contemporary, and if it wasn't contemporary, then it wasn't, you know, for our modern day. Um, yeah, I think we the the more you dive into the church, uh, early church, the church calendar, the observance of um, these these uh, holidays or special events and seasons, the more you realize that they're as contemporary um, as ever. Um, you know, it's it's amazing how when you read the the daily lectionary or you know, or if you even go just Sunday to Sunday, how relevant the scripture of that week is towards whatever you may be experiencing in life or whatever the world's going through. Um, and so I, I love that you brought out that idea of we, we have a mindset of it's all forward, everything's moving forward and, and all that. But, but yet there is something that we can pull from these, these ancient practices. Um, and, and you brought up practices and, and I know, you know, I mean, we acknowledge it's, it's a journey. So, you know, no one's perfected these things. And, um, I think if Augustine was here, you know, he would say the same thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, for you, what are some practices maybe out of, out of this time? And as you've, you've gone through this journey, do you have, what daily practices do you have or, you know, weekly or whatever that, that you might want to share with us? Yeah. Um, daily prayer, um, as like intentional daily prayer, um, outside of, you know, I would pray, I would pray throughout the day all the time when I, I mean, but it was normally reactionary Mm. and, uh, you know, like something good would happen. I'd be like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Or like, I would start worrying about something and I would go, Oh, please Lord. Let like, you know, and it was, it was just kind of like talking to myself on honestly, like type of thing. And I, I tried to become intentional and I'm still, still working on it because I'm 
like I said, like you just acknowledged, we're not perfect at it. But I tried to find some prayers that I could just recite um, and memorize and stuff like that because because I know some people are leery of that, especially from who come from our type of background. But I, I don't know. I wanted something. I was at the point too. I wanted something so much different than what I had. You know, mm. it was, it was looked down upon whenever I was, you know, in youth and um, when I was growing up for someone to not be able to pray spontaneously, like really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. if, and if you're not, if you don't, if you're not from that culture, you think I'm like, you won't understand what I'm saying. But if you, if you've been there, you understand exactly like, oh, wow, they're really good at praying like out yeah. loud. <laughs> and like, it sounds like, like, they didn't even know they were going to have to pray, but it sounds like they had a, pr- a prayer ready, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, and I was good at that. I had gotten, as a, especially as a worship pastor, I had gotten really good at that. And not that it wasn't genuine. It just, it was, I don't know. I, I wanted something that I could kind of ponder on, something that I could pray slower, something that, and it was just between me and God. And, um, I found, I don't know, I found like just that it was really cool that, you know, this prayer had been written however long ago and I didn't need anybody to hear me pray it mm-hmm. except for God. And I don't know, and, and people just wrote a lot more thoughtfully back then and before the contemporary age, <laughs> like, it's just like, wow, this sounds so awesome. It's like, it's like. Uh, pseudo scripture almost, yeah. you know, like it's just like elegant. And, and I, I don't know, there was just something about it stylistically. I, I can't act like I didn't like think it was cool, you know, because, <laughs> but I mainly wanted to establish that practice of having that time. Um, and we've talked about this before of like silence too, and yeah. solitude and just like sitting there, whether it be in my backyard and just like sitting outside by in the grass or standing in the grass with my bare feet, like just really hippie type stuff <laughs> that I just, I mean, that we'd miss out on. Yeah. Um, just trying to take it all in, take in the world as a whole, like just take everything in and really, you know, give thanks to God for all the beauty. Um, I'm a, I'm a sentimental person. I, you know, it was I find myself doing that. I've got four kids. I was able to do that with my kids, but there was other little things, ordinary things that I was just passing up because of, and the sake for the sake of modernity. Like mm. I was like, oh, those. I mean, like I want newest, sharpest. Like, and I just kind of cut all that out. Um, I cut another. I mean, I don't know if you call it a practice. I cut out my social media, and I would advise it, but for people like me, because it was, it was definitely a hindrance for my faith, for my spirituality. Um, cause I wouldn't do anything without letting people know. Yeah. And it was, I just, I thought people needed to know what I was doing all the time. I wanted people to want to know what I was doing all the time. And, um, I was, and I keep saying we've talked about that before, but I just, uh, I was given up that omniscience that's only made for God. And it was, I mean, it was taking a toll, like whether I knew it or not, like sometimes, you know, I'd be like, uh, 
I mean, constantly looking at my phone, screen time, screen time, screen time. Or it would change the things that I would say on there. I would try to sound super spiritual about some things. And it was just exhausting, yeah. honestly. And um, so that was a huge, that, I mean, like I said, I don't know if you can call that a practice, but I feel like you yeah. can since for the amount of time I was spending on social media, spending time off of it had to be a practice. Yeah, yeah. And so um, now not so much. I don't have to practice being off of it, but um, I've, with that extra time, you know, I, my screen time went down from six, five, six hours a day to one hour a mm. day. And um, I've been able to add in other other little practices throughout the day. Um, a thing practice I'm working on this month and I just wrote down is to uh, sweep something at least once a day. Like with a broom. And yeah, with a yeah. broom. And so um, that's that might not seem spiritual to some, but I mean, it might not seem spiritual at all. It's a totally ordinary thing, but um, it was just, just kind of a discipline that a physical discipline, a, something that is seems worldly that can help teach you know, just sweep in silence, just sit there, not saying anything, not grumbling that our floor is so messy, but just, um, sorry, my clock just started going, <laughs> so, just a simple discipline that in that silence, like God, okay, I'm going to sweep my floor these next 10 minutes and speak to me, Yeah, you know, and that's been, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm doing it for this month, I kind of split split my month up for like when school started. So I'm starting halfway through the month. Yeah. And so, but it's going to be a, I've got a little habit tracker. I'm going to check it off and, and we'll see what, see what comes of it. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. And I mean, I think it's, um, yeah, we throw around that word practice, um, in this, you know, maybe feels like a super spiritual sense, but I mean, I think it's just this idea of those daily habits and those, um, things hopefully we're doing to, to pursue a closer relationship with Jesus. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I love that idea of sweeping, you know, <laughs> like in yeah. sweeping kind of dying to self, yeah. you know, right? Like that's the big thing yeah. we're supposed to do is to pick up our cross, to carry our cross. But the Bible shows us, the gospel shows us that whenever the disciples had their chance, like it ramped up pretty quick for them. Like, yeah. all right, literally come carry Jesus's cross for him up the, up the hill and none of yeah. them, yeah. right? <laughs> none of them chose. So like. I think the lesson we could learn from that is like, hey, maybe we need to work on up to something as dire as actual death, because if not, then we're not going to be able to, we're not going to have that strength. We're not going to, if we don't practice dying a little bit each day, how are we going to have, you know, the willingness to die for real yeah. if the situation arose? I know that sounds morbid, but... um I mean, Jesus, that's, he says over and over, I mean, yeah. just deny yourself, like not in a pity, pitiful way, not in a like, woe is me way, but like for the good of the kingdom, yep. like it's a backwards kingdom. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, I, I have a question that this may, this may be kind of weird, but you know, on the church calendar, um, in, in, in your, your, your time as you're, you're growing and I know, you know, we've talked around Advent and things like that. You've really tried to, your kids are getting old enough now where you're incorporating your kids into it and things like that. Um, are what seasons or what, um, traditions, uh, throughout the church calendar, uh, really stick with you, 
um, I don't want to say they're your favorite or anything like that, but maybe uh, have become more most impactful in your life, if any. Yeah, you mentioned Advent. I mean, and that's been because our kids are still little and it's been good to just even start off like, like I said, when I grew up, Advent was a Catholic mm-hmm. thing. And it was, in my view, growing up, Catholics weren't real Christians. And so we're not going to do Advent, you know, yeah. like, and so um, Advent's been a great thing to teach the kids, just like get that anticipation, right? That's Advent is just anticipating with the waiting and to try to really build up that anticipation with the candles and try to like get them really excited about waiting and, um, and driving it home for them so that they'll know, like they won't have to as a teenager or something or like, they won't have to pretend like, Oh, well the real reason for Christmas is that like, you know what I mean? Because every kid, like every good Christian kid is able to pretend what the real reason for Christmas is. Right. But they, you know, in their heart, they're like the real reason for Christmas is like <laughs> when I'm trying, we're trying to combat that. Like, not that we don't want, like we buy our kids gifts and we do the whole Santa Claus thing and we enjoy, we enjoy all that, but we're, we really try to drive home the, the Advent. I love um, Lent as well. I mean, those are the two most commonly known ones, but from the, if when you follow the church calendar, um, looking at some of those things they're just even more in depth it's like i've done lent before as just a fast yeah. you know like oh yeah. this is what i'm doing for lent but when you like you dive into like the feast days and stuff like that leading up to it like and even this past year like we, i i did it um for the first time i was like really like really into like the different days of lent every single or the sundays of mm-hmm. lent in the um uh, book of common prayer, the common book of prayer. I always get yeah. that backwards. Um, I was, I was following the Lent, Lent and that, and I would like the Sunday and the feast days read through those scriptures. And by the time, like a couple of weeks out from Easter, I was like, man, I cannot wait for Easter. I cannot wait for, for this amazing thing to happen. Almost like it was happening presently, mm-hmm. you know, like I knew what was, what had happened, what Jesus had done. I've known that my whole life, but it was like, Oh, he, he's going to do it again type of thing is with the feeling I had inside of me. And it was, I don't know. I think that was just a result of like, just really being focused on it. Like, like in celeb, like being intentional about celebration and, and kind of like it, Oh, it's not about feeling good. It's not about me being happier. The end result of this isn't about me feeling good or being happier or being skinnier or being in better shape yeah. or, you yeah. know, like having some great discipline. The The result is like our king has defeated death and we get to now like have the fullness of life everlasting, you know, like we get to have, we get to live with him forever. And I just, I'd never been so excited for Easter in my life, like ever. Well, that's awesome. And so, and then... The last one, like just when it comes to ordinary time, I know there's lots of different feast days. There's lots of different um, um, things throughout that. But um, I just, you know how I love the word ordinary. And so I've really just, I try to lean into like making that the most ordinary time. Mm -hmm. And like, I tell people, you know, I'm just kind of drifting into obscurity. Like I don't like people. Oh yeah. I remember Kyle. Like, I don't, I don't, don't ever know what happened to him. And it's like, I'm fine with that. And so, um, I want to be close to people that I'm close to and like be there for those that I'm 
physically around and like can be there for, but I don't need, you know, everyone from high school like that lives, you know, two States away. I don't, they don't need to know anything about me. They don't need to, you know, they, I mean, they can, I'm, I'm a memory to them and, or, or maybe not. And it has become fine with me. I say become fine with me because it wasn't at first. And so I didn't want to be ordinary. I didn't, I wanted to be a, a funny story. I senior year, we had a revival at my church and, um, we're down at the altar, you know, trying to really get the best out of this revival one night. And the, the pastor starts pointing to every single person down there. And you know, probably a couple hundred people down there point to every single person. Have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? Have you been like, he was going to do a baptism right there. He's asking every single person this and the whole, like everyone down there. And he gets to me and he points and he says, God's got something special for you. And then that he doesn't ask me if I've been baptized. God's got something special for you. Then he point at points next door. Have you been baptized? I'm the only one he says. <laughs> and I was just, it, it wrecked me really. Like, you know, I do believe God has something special for me, but for the longest time, it's like, God's got something extraordinary for me. Like I'm going to be extra special in man's eyes. Yeah. And I miss, I think I missed it. And I'm, you know, that was 13 years ago and I spent the better part of the last decade thinking that what that guy said to me and what God spoke to me that night was that I'm going to be elevated on like a my I'm going to keep rising on the platform of Christian success yeah. rather than asking okay God what is it that you have and trying to and so now here I am all these years later, just trying to like, I rem- I'm remembering that almost every day. And I'm like, God, what is it special that you have for me? I'm here, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And he's slowly revealing like, well, have you not seen it? You know, like, wasn't that special? Wasn't that special? Wasn't that special? Wow. And um, it's just, it's been really, there's the full, these last couple of years has been really full, you know, like, that's the best way to describe it. Uh, that's Fool. good. That is so good. Um, well, uh, Kyle, I appreciate your time. And I, I've got uh, one more question before we close, and that is you, you've already mentioned um, The Eternal Current. You mentioned The Common Book of Prayer. Um, are there any other books that come to mind of like things that have really helped um, helped you on this journey, maybe specifically about the early church or the calendar, maybe just, you know, just in whatever life change it's been? Well, you know, I can't ever do anything without mentioning the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. Great book. Um, another book of his, <laughs> it's not, I don't want to turn this into the John Mark Comer <laughs> podcast, but garden city by him also is two of the, those were the first two I read of his. And it was just like game changer for me. Um, mainly ruthless elimination of hurry because up to that point, I was team, you know, team grinded out, yeah. team hustle. And now, like, we're literally not even allowed to say the word hurry in my house. <laughs> That's and, so great. Um, and so, um, that one. And then uh, I I bought a book. Um, oh, great. I don't even remember what it's called. I'll have to. It's all, it's in the bathroom. It's a bathroom reader, but <laughs> it's like daily. Oh, that's what it's called. Daily Lessons from the Saints. And um, it's by Father Bryce Higginbottom, Botham. I don't, um, I could be wrong on that, but it's, it's, it kind of goes through the church calendar. It uses the church calendar to mark different um, 
feast days, and but it'll also tell you about different Christian martyrs. Yeah. And so each um, each week is, you know, you got seven different like little stories from a certain martyr's life and, um, you know, their ministry or and how they were killed. And um, I've just been reading through that and it's it's been humbling too because, you know, we think not only as Americans, but as modern Christians that we are the best Christians that have ever mm. been, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to think that. And uh, you read some of the, I'm reading one about a 14 year old boy who it was like the um, American Mexico war. He, they're burning down uh, Catholic churches. They're doing all this stuff. And he stands up to fight um, for this, this, they're killing all the, all these people because they're Catholic. I don't maybe not the American Mexican War. One of one of these wars in Mexico. Like they're like, hey, you can't do this anymore. And fourteen years old stands up and wouldn't deny Christ, and they kill him, right? And I was like, he's not even a. I mean, he's a child. And I here I am thinking like with my intellect and like coolness that I'm a better Christian. Mm-hmm. Like get yeah. out of here. And so um, that's been good, just humbling, and helped me to pray like, Lord, what, whatever it is, like these people were doing that helped them get this close to you. Like, I want to do that too. Yeah. And, um, and whatever, like for whatever it means in 2021, like, how can I do that? And so even, yeah, that's so that book, that was good. Um, I'm trying to think I'll probably, Oh, um, the liturgy book. Um, Every I moment holy. Called. Yes, goodness. Every moment holy. That's just a book full of liturgies. Um, some of them are, you know, for more spiritual moments, but most of them are for just ordinary things that happen. There's a litur- There's two liturgies for the changing of diapers, <laughs> which is very much a part of our life. Yeah. And so me and my wife read that one time, just sitting on the couch, and it was just like she's like in tears just because, um, <laughs> you know, it's just a... It just reminds you of the how every moment can be holy. Um, God's not like we don't have to coax God into coming into our moments. He is there waiting for us to see Him. Mm-hmm. And so that's as I start the school year. That's that's my prayer. Like Lord, reveal to me what You're already doing, and so that I will gladly be a part instead of God, come do this, come do this. Like show me what You're already doing in these people's lives, and so. That's great. Well, you brought up your prayer for the school year, and uh, we end every episode of of this road um, by reciting uh, this week's prayer according to the the daily lectionary. And uh, Kyle, just as our guest, I wondered if you wouldn't mind leading us in the prayer this week. Absolutely. I would love to. Living God, you are the giver of wisdom and true discernment guiding those who seek your ways to choose the good. Mercifully grant that your people, feasting on the true bread of heaven, may have eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.